0: Hey y'all, welcome to Power to Leader. Power to Leader is an initiative to inspire and empower women across the world to pursue leadership roles in their careers. Tune into the podcast and join me as I interview dynamic, diverse, and successful women who share their inspiring leadership stories. Jamie Greenwood is a self-care and leadership coach who supports big dreaming, high achieving women, to take exquisite care of themselves for greater presence, peace, and power in their lives. We are so excited to talk to her today about all things body positivity and the importance of self-care. She's the creator of Quit Your Shoulds Workbook and Homecoming, a six-month group coaching program that teaches soulful, driven women how to take care for themselves without guilt so they can start living life on their own terms. Jamie is a speaker and trainer for companies across the US and her writings have been featured on the Huffington Post, Mind, Body, Green, and Tiny Buddha. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Yeah. So let's dive right in. So can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, Where do I begin? (laughs) Um, I am, I'm a life coach and business owner, and I work specifically with high achieving, big dreaming women who are ready to take exquisite care of themselves so that they can start living life on their own terms. And I myself try to do that as as a woman in the world, as a partner, as a mother of three, I have an almost 13 year old stepdaughter and two other daughters that are two and four. So very busy with kind of life and work, and also making sure that I'm walking my talk, I'd say. (laughs) I spent a lot of time making sure I'm walking my talk.
0: Right. Awesome. Um, Can you explain to us your journey previously as a health coach?
1: Yeah. So I became a health coach, oh my gosh, 16 years ago. I went back to school and got a certificate in holistic health coaching from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Um, And at that time, I I was really, really struggling with my own food. And I, I still have an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis. But at that time, I had been recently diagnosed. And I just, I was fixated on healing myself through food. And so I went back to nutrition school and opened this business, becoming a health coach, while also attempting to like heal myself on the side. And, um, you know, work, work was great. I really enjoyed talking to people about food and about their bodies. Um, But I just soon found that it it was just a very narrow conversation, you know, and I was getting kind of sick of telling people like, you know, eat kale. It's like people like "Enough. (laughs) enough, enough with the kale talk. Um, And I really wanted to dig deeper into how people weren't just feeding their bodies but how they were feeling about their bodies and the stories that they were telling themselves about their bodies and how that was impacting every other aspect of their life, you know, who they believed they were allowed to be with in relationships, the jobs that they applied for, all of these things were impacted by how they felt in and about their bodies and so I took my health coaching practice and expanded it out into a life coaching practice probably probably about 10 years ago now. And now I talk a lot about the work being, being about self-care and the ways in which we think about our bodies and feel into our bodies and trust our bodies or not, because <laughs> we're not very good at trusting our bodies, is a huge part of self-care. Um, and one, you know, a journey that I have certainly been on personally, um, you know, for about 25 years of how do we, how do we trust the bodies that we're in and, and the wisdom that I believe our bodies are always sharing with us when either you have kind of no connection, I think a lot of people experience a disconnection with their bodies at an, at an early age, we are not taught, um, at least in, in the US culture to kind of deeply trust and listen to our bodies. Um, And then if you have an illness, um, which I mentioned I did, it it can be, it's easy to think that your body's a problem and it's easy to believe that your body actually isn't trustworthy if your body is sick. Um, And so coming around to the idea that actually any illness that I had was information Sure, yes, I was sick, but I also was getting a lot of information from my body and what was it that she was trying to tell me and how could I use that um, in my healing journey?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that message is super important and it's like really exciting to live in a way where we like learn how to like back off from these stereotypes and rules that we hold on so tightly to ourselves. So I think this um, self-care process is really important, especially to everyone these days.
1: I I agree, and kind of I, I love the language that that you use of of backing off because <laughs> usually we don't like we again I, I kind of describe the people that I work with as very like fast paced driven people, and it's just kind of the way in which we live. We kind of all live that way. Even like slower pa- pa- even slower paced people are moving pretty fast. Um, and to kind of step back, we have to slow down, and to like disconnect from the stereotypes and or the ways in which we've been told we have to be that aren't working for us, we have to, we have to connect with ourselves. And to do that, the only way to do that is to actually slow down and begin to understand who we, who we actually are, what we actually believe outside of society, culture, external expectations, all those things that inform, inform us, but don't necessarily support us in who we want to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that should like leads me to one of my next questions. Can you um, like describe a problem or like an issue that you faced while becoming a health coach and how you really overcame it?
1: Ooh, okay. We're gonna go deep, you ready? Um, <laughs> the biggest problem that I had as a health coach was being sick while teaching people how to be healthy that felt, that was so painful for me. I didn't know, I felt like I was lying. I felt like I was like teaching people how to like be healthy and I was. (laughs) But all of the things that I was telling them to do while it was working for their bodies wasn't working for my body. And I really struggled in those first years as a health coach, believing that I was in some way lying to them, to my clients, because I wasn't in perfect health. And it wasn't until I realized that part of being in a body (laughs) just being human means that we have to have permission to get sick and me being sick didn't make me a bad health coach actually me being sick made me really empathetic made me really understanding um and it has helped me be able to talk to almost anyone because of the compassion that I've had to understand my own experience um But I would say that that was one of the biggest hurdles in my early health coaching years was just feeling so just like rotten about myself because I wasn't perfectly healthy while it was my job to talk about how to be healthy.
0: Yeah. um, Like what you said, I think it's really critical to make sure that you are really taking care of your body in a way that like nourishes you rather than like depletes you and even if you have the stereotype of like people saying, Oh, I'm sick, it's really important to like acknowledge that and like work towards your goal and like don't think about what other people say about you. And I really like the way that you put and that together and really shared it with us today.
1: Thank you. I haven't actually told many people that because it, it was it was dark. Those, <laughs> those are some dark years. Um, you know, and when you're living, and I, I think that a lot of people have had experiences, it doesn't necessarily have to be with their health, but when we when we're living one way we believe we're supposed to be living another that can be a very difficult life moment when you want to be one way but you're living in a different way and you don't know how to bridge that gap
0: absolutely um how have you found that balance of when you should do what your body feels like it should be doing compared to like a time when you want to push yourself outside of your boundaries and limits
1: Oh, that's a really, really good question. Um, I, and this is actually something that I talk to my clients about constantly. Um, and it's, it's really important to understand that our body will give us all of the information we need if we're just willing to listen. So often I, what I hear from my clients is that they're actually really afraid to slow down because they're afraid that if they like slow down they'll never speed back up again, right? Like if they, if they take rest, they'll never then be productive. Except by the time they come to me, they're so burnt out that they're not being productive anyway. So what I, what I recommend is really being honest with where you're feeling the energy. Meaning if you're feeling energy for rest or if you're feeling a pull towards rest, then you trust your body and you rest knowing on the other side of rest is focus and energy um, but we never let ourselves first have that downtime to then feel the genuine burst of energy that comes after we let ourselves rest um, and then you know your question about like when do I know to like put my push myself out of my comfort zone there's a difference between pushing ourselves out of a comfort zone because it's our next level of growth versus just endlessly pushing ourselves because we are driven by some external force because we believe we can never slow down, right? Like those are two different things. And so the the question really becomes, is this next kind of big hurdle for me, if something feels like a big hurdle, is this about my growth? Is this about me coming the next version of myself that I want? Or is this me just in an old pattern of pushing, pushing, pushing and not knowing how to trust and slow down?
0: Yeah, I think it's very important to really like check in on yourself on a daily basis. And it can totally vary and shift depending on your schedule and all this experience and hurdles that you face just like pulls you up and moves you and becomes like a better person. So I really like that advice that you gave. Thank you. What really inspired you to become a self-care, um, self-care and a leadership coach? And how really was that transition?
1: Um, I, I don't want to say this. <laughs> I, I would say that I just didn't want to be, I just, I, I, I had a moment where I was, even though I'd be become, become trained as a health coach, I was hungry for more. I was really hungry for more. And I remember at the time, um, my now ex-husband, but at the time he was my husband. And I remember coming to him and being like, you know, I, I think, I'm, I think I want something else. I don't think I want to do the health coaching thing anymore. I think I want something bigger. And he was like, no, you are a health coach. Like you went to school for this. You trained for this. Like, this is your niche. And I was like, all right, well, I don't like that answer. <laughs> so um, Fast forward a few years and we got divorced and and I just, I felt free to like finally explore what really mattered to me. And the language that came to me was care. What I care about most is the way we care for ourselves, for others and for our communities. And I believe that care only can begin with ourselves. We have to first have at least half of a tank uh, maybe even a full tank before we can like fully care for and give to our family and our loved ones and our communities and the larger culture. Um, because otherwise we're not fully giving of ourselves. We are just depleting ourselves um, kind of in this mask or guise of, you know, forward motion and giving um, and the leadership piece um. My clients tend to be leaders in their field. Um, And then I also started doing leadership circles with an organization called Emerging Women. And so they kind of opened up my world for leadership coaching that I now do with um, different organizations and women in corporate.
0: Yeah, I think that really um, exploring your own passions and doing something that comes from within yourself and especially as like a self, um, self-care coach, we ourselves must be in this good and like stable mindset before helping others. So that's really great to hear that from your
1: perspective. Yeah, I, I said in the very beginning, you know, I really value walking my talk. And I say that not because I'm always perfect, but I, I just wanna make sure that what I am naming and offering to people, I am also living because that way I'm like a true embodiment Of what i say i care about
0: yeah absolutely what
1: is the um
0: one thing that you would do when you're not in the right mindset or to do something that um and you really just need like a moment to recoup and recover
1: Mm. okay it depends (laughs) if it's like if if i'm stuck in a tense moment so Everyone has different kind of go-to emotions. And one of my go-to emotions is just like anger and rage, like just utter fury. <laughs> and so if I'm in that space, I usually dance it out. I will like put on music and I dance and I shake and I yell and I scream and I really do a somatic exorc- like exorcism of that feeling from my body. So then I can calm, reconnect, focus, and then handle whatever problem I'm having. I used to, in my early days of meditation and mindfulness, if I experienced anger or rage, I would like sit with it. I would like, okay, I'm going to meditate. And when I'm done meditating, the anger will be gone. And like that never, that like never worked. (laughs) And so I realized that I am someone who has to physically get anger out of my body. Whereas if I'm feeling you know, something has made me sad or if it's, if it's, if it's a less fiery emotion, I can kind of sit with it. I can breathe through it. I don't necessarily have to shake it out in the same way. Um, But the first thing I do after moving my body is offer myself compassion before I get any wisdom towards the solution of my problem. I have to first be so tender, kind, and gentle with myself. And that just looks like placing a hand on my heart and just saying like, oh, this is hard. I get it. This must be such a struggle for you. I feel it. I'm with you. And when we can offer ourselves that level of validation, like genuine love and validation, often whatever problem we're having, can soften enough that we can find the solution. But by often what we, we do is the exact opposite. We have a problem and then we beat ourselves up for having the problem. And then beating ourselves up feeds our anxiety, which then feeds our worry, which then feeds our shame. And then we're just in this spiral. And so I, I find that self-compassion, it's like, it's like you're in that dark place and like someone's just like dropped you a rope and you get to like climb out. That's what self-compassion offers me and, and my clients when they, when they use it as a tool.
0: Yeah, I think the aspect of like physical activity on one side is a really great way to like help someone gain control over their emotions. And it's also like a very beneficial method to really improve someone's mental health and to really maintain that balance. And also, like you said, like it's important to first be like gentle with yourself and really have that self-compassion because that can really help solve problems that you're really dealing or struggling with
1: 100
0: um how do you find that balance between like work and being a coach compared to like your personal and family life
1: oh i don't believe in balance (laughs) i do not i don't believe in balance because it's like I've never, I've yet to meet someone who's got it all balanced. I'm more kind of believe in flow. And there are days when I'm spending more time working than I'm spending with my children. And then there are other days where I'm spending more time with my family than I am at work. And so as long as the flow feels good to me, I'm good. But the idea of attempting to spend the same amount of hours with my kids um plus same amount of hours with my clients and building my business it's it's just has always felt impossible to me um there really aren't enough hours in the day it's more just about what aspect of my life needs the most attention and how do i how can i prioritize that in a way that serves me and the larger the larger good you know i'm sure my children wish that i worked a little less but I also know that working makes me happy. And so when I show up as a mom, I'm a happy mom because I've like spent the previous day talking to clients all day, which was great. And then the next day I can be with my kids instead of like resenting them and wishing that I (laughs) were working.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It like definitely depends on like the flow and what you really want to do. And that can totally vary from like person to person, like you said.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, what I tell my clients, because who, who doesn't want balance? I, I, I think that there's really, I should write a blog post about this, like the myth of balance, um, because we all are told that like, it's possible, but I have, I just, I really, I've given up. Um, but if we can find systems that work for us, that allow us to live in the ways in which we want to live, then we're all good. Then we don't have to strive. The moment we're striving for balance, we're losing. Right? Like any sort of striving towards balance is like a complete and utter disconnect. We shouldn't be striving for the good things. Um, Well, sometimes we strive for good things but (laughs) striving for balance is just too hard. Um, And being gentle with ourselves and allowing for flow um, provides a sense of ease that often like we're hunting for ease when the ease could kind of just be found right there in front of us.
0: Yeah, absolutely, 100% agree on that. Um, What's your advice to young women who want to like become a health coach or life coach or even just like your message to them about spreading body positivity?
1: I would say first, thank you because we need more people in the world talking about body positivity, body politics, women empowerment, self-care as not just like a thing we do on the side, but as like a life practice, the more women and people in general um, speaking about these topics, the more normalized they become and the more we can actually live into them and let them be real instead of just these things that we just like, We know we're supposed to do, but we just don't do them because we're being driven by other external forces. I would also say that it's really important to both both find your good, right mentors and trust yourself. So while I went to school for health coaching, I did not go to school for life coaching. I created a life coaching business from my experience as a health coach but i did not go to life coaching school because i was very clear that i i had an idea of how i wanted to do it and i didn't want to be influenced by other people's thinking telling me nope this is how you do it like the way you want a life coach nope that's wrong you have to do it this way so i was just very clear that i didn't want to be influenced in ways that would take me off my path. But I also knew that there was a lot I didn't know. So I tried to align myself with people whose work I really valued, who could kind of show me how they did it. And then I could create my own thing. Um, and now that I'm, you know, I've been doing this now for 14 years. Now I'm like, hmm, there is some interesting stuff out there in coaching school. Like maybe I'll go back and like get a coaching certificate. Um, but I'm in such a better place now knowing how I coach and what matters to me so that whatever coaching school I go to, I can kind of take what I like and leave the rest instead of kind of being molded in some sort of image that isn't actually what I want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's all about really like starting with um, living at the center of your own life. And it's important to know that, we all liked and accomplished and helpful individuals and seeking out to mentors is one side, but also really trusting yourself and having that self-compassion is also really critical. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that wraps up our episode. Thank you so much, Jamie for coming on my podcast and I really enjoyed your message on spreading body positivity and just really doing what's best for yourself and what your body really wants. And I'm so happy I got to speak with you about that
1: oh it's absolutely my pleasure thank you so much ankita
0: thank you all so much for tuning in and make sure to hit the subscribe button i'll be back soon with another interesting interview stay safe and healthy